0: Welcome to our 42nd episode of Two Tankers and a Cat. We are your host. I'm Charlie. And this is Russell. Um, people, I apologize, you might hear a little delay because we are still doing the coronavirus thing and staying safe and staying in our houses. Well, I am. Russell, unfortunately, <laughs> has to go on patrol. Yep, still uh, got to be working. Uh, Russell, what kind of announcements uh, do we got?
1: Oh got a couple shout outs this time.
0: Um, had a
1: message from our buddy Alex Nolan, uh, just saying that I hope you guys are staying safe during the quarantine and always looking forward to our next podcast coming out. He
0: is he is just the best. When we get up there, we're we're gonna have to meet him at a tank museum and take him to lunch or something.
1: Yeah, I agree. We'll we'll do that.
0: And we're going to be sending out some uh, stuff to some of our Patreon users. Uh, when's that happening?
1: Uh, well, as soon as I get the time, to be honest with you. I'm hoping within the next week or week and a half, I'll get these items sent out. And to the folks that uh, I do have their addresses, I don't have all of our patrons' addresses yet. So if you didn't put your address on, on the, your Patreon account, uh, you can... Get that to us through either Facebook or through our Gmail email address.
0: Excellent. Well, what are we sending out? I forgot.
1: Uh, we got some coins. Pretty neat tanks on the on the coins that I that I actually found and pretty neat stuff.
0: Nice. All right, Russell. Um you'll have to put up with me for a second. I've got the cat on me. Uh, <laughs> it's the it's not lightning. It's My cat and the cat whose name cannot be said because of Facebook Facebook standards. They'll
1: shut us down.
0: (laughs) They'll shut us down quick (laughs) and tick off 3.7 million viewers. (laughs) Just imagine the worst name you can name a cat and standing out at the back door of of your house screaming (laughs) that name (laughs) and you'll have my cat. Say hi? Nope. Nope. Fine. Uh, there is a couple of things I wanted to bring up. In fact, I got to pull that up now. You remember when we did the tiger episode? Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, the tigers and, you know, what a genius I am about tiger tanks and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 got a message from a really, really nice guy. And, uh, his name is Bruce Newsome. And, uh, have you ever heard of him? I have not. No. Okay, if you guys haven't heard of Bruce Oliver Newsom PhD, uh, he has wrote everything that you would want to know about Rommel and Tiger Tanks and the the, the desert campaign, the you know the African uh, Corps and all that. Yeah. One of his tanks is a book that I'm reading right now, and it's an amazing book. And so I'm suggesting people read this. And it's called They Sought Out Rommel, A Diary of the Liberian uh, Campaign. And uh, so Bruce wrote this, or, or basically, you know, it was the editor. I guess the real author would be the war office in England. So he did all the research and stuff like that piled it together cool. but yeah he knows the stuff about tiger tanks and i was completely wrong <laughs> so we are going to try to get bruce on here so him and russell can have a field day making fun of me about <laughs> what i didn't know about the tiger 131 <laughs> actually this bruce this guy is very very cool uh he has his own uh youtube channel and he uh, does some really good videos about the tiger tank and some other stuff. Um, I'm going to try to get Russ to put a link on our Facebook to, uh, his, uh, YouTube, uh, channel, really good stuff. But, uh, I guess Craig Moore just got so tired of trying to fix us. He goes, Hey, uh, I'll send Bruce over. <laughs> <laughs> and Bruce can deal. these." Weird Americans, so um, I'm hoping to get Bruce on by oh, by June. That yeah, sounds good. Pretty neat little interview. Because I'm hoping the quarantine can be over and we can just Skype him from there. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Okay, people have probably had enough of us sitting here talking about <laughs> books for reading and cats. Well, I mean, if you're going to tune into Two Tankers and a Cat, well, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, you want to talk about a cat today? Yeah, I think we will. Okay. Okay, Russ. Let's start off with our first point. And I'm gonna kill this and I've got tons of South African viewers that are gonna go, you said it wrong, but we're gonna say it the roo cat. Ro cat. Is it cat, Rui cat? Rui cat anyway, yeah, Rui Cat. <laughs> and it's uh, basically translated translates into red cat. And uh, it is from the Lynx family in South Africa. But anyway, the Rooi Ru- Cat is a South African armored reconnaissance vehicle equipped with a stabilized 76 millimeter high-velocity gun for organic anti-tank and fire support purposes. It's capable of giving the same performance and using the same ammunition as the Auto uh, Bolar 76 naval gun. You, you know, I'm going to have Russell tell tell us some more about this tank. Go ahead, Russell.
1: Okay. Uh, From the mid-1960s to the mid-1980s, the standard reconnaissance vehicle of the South African Defense Force was the Aland 90, a four-wheeled armored car modeled closely after the Panhard AML-90. However, the Aland was designed for border patrols and internal security and proved ill-suited to countering tank warfare. The Alands. Limitations were observed during combat in 1984. South Africa launched Operation Askari, which saw its mechanized and motorized infantry contingents threatened by large Angolan tank formations for the first time. Both the Retel 90 and the Alon 90 were used as improvised tank destroyers, but performed inadequately against T-54 and T-55 tanks of the People's Armed Forces for the liberation of Angola. The first RUICATs were manufactured beginning in September 1987 and was delivered to the South African Army for further tests by December. The RUICAT did not enter service in large numbers until August of 1989 when a single South African armored squadron began receiving it. Mass production commenced around mid-1990.
0: We have talked about South African uh, tanks before. Uh, Remember when we talked about the elephant Yeah. And, uh, you know, the South Africans have some pretty cool stuff. You know, like I was saying, we're not trying to get political with South Africa or anything like that. We're just saying that, you know, they've got some pretty interesting military stuff. Give us some more details, Russ.
1: Upon its inception in 1994, the South African National Defense Force immediately retired the surviving Alon-90 fleet. New South African National Defense Force Doctrine placed an emphasis on the Ruikat's primary role of reconnaissance, as well as the harassment of enemy rear guards units, in a marked departure from the maneuver-oriented anti-tank tactics of the South African border war. Ruikat crews were also trained to engage tanks only from static defensive positions. Just prior to general elections in 1994, the South African army deployed the Ruikat for internal patrols. During the South African Development Community Intervention in Lesotho, RUICADs of the 1st Special Service Battalion were called up to reinforce South African mechanized units, then skirmishing with Lesotho Army mutineers. The armored cars arrived in Misuru, the capital of Lesotho, on September 22, 1998, and participated in various security operations.
0: Now I know, because I've had friends that were involved in Operation Bolas, um, or like you said, the South African Development Community intervention in uh, Lesotho. You know, there was a hundred and what I think a hundred and forty-three or a hundred and forty-six of those mutineers that got killed, but they also lost uh, like eleven South African guys. Do you know where that country is located? I don't. That's a new. one. It's I'm actually meaning. inside South Africa. You know, South Africa is so huge. Oh, but it's okay, yeah, hundred percent. You know, hundred percent surrounded. By South Africa. So when they had some problems, they were like, you know what? We got to go in there and try to help it out. Um, But uh, yeah, you know, it's a tragedy that people have to die. But at least they were able to send them vehicles in and keep the losses down. Okay, Russ, we come to my favorite part, (laughs) the stats. Give us the stats on this thing.
1: It was designed in 1982. It was produced starting in 1987 to present its mass is about 28 tons it has a length of 7.1 meters or 23 feet 4 inches or 8.2 meters or 26 foot 11 inches with the gun forward has a width of 2.9 meters or 9 foot 6 inches and a height of 2.6 meters or 8 foot 6 inches to the turret roof so
0: it's so it's still shorter than my M3 it Lee. Is, yes. We love the Lee. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: It has a crew of four. It has a main armament of one Danell GT4 76mm, 62 caliber, rifled gun, firing APFS DS rounds. It has a muzzle velocity of approximately 1600 meters per second. Secondary armament is two MG4. 7.62 millimeter machine guns, and it's got eight 81 millimeter smoke grenade dischargers. The engine is a 10 cylinder water cooled diesel, 414 kilowatt or 563 horsepower, has a power to weight ratio of 14.89 kilowatts per ton, has a suspension of 8x8 eight eight wheeled, fully independent active trailing arms, has an operational range of 1,000 kilometers or 621 miles. Has a road speed of 120 kilometers per hour or 75 miles per hour, and an off-road speed of 60 kilometers per hour or 37 miles per hour.
0: 75 miles an hour in an armored vehicle—that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You know, we both play World of Tanks, and if you guys don't know what World of Tanks is, it's a uh, it's a video game that we play that has wheeled vehicles on the French line, and they're called Panhards, and we hate them. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're crazy. Just too, they're just too fast and crazy for us to hit. Uh, well, I know some, some of the capabilities is that it can climb a one-meter earth vertical step. Uh, it can cross a two-meter-wide trench at a crawl, can ford water up to 1.5 meters deep, uh, can climb a grade of 70 degrees and can tra- traverse a grade of 30 degrees. So, Russ, I'm not real happy with the gun on this thing. Did they upgrade it, or did they have a variant of this?
1: Yeah, they did. They had a what they called the RuiCat 105. In 1990, an upgrade and redesign program was started by Rumec OMC to customize the RuiCat for the international market, and by 1994, the development of a RuiCat 105 prototype with a 105mm rifle gun, was completed. The Rui Cat 105 is designed for high-mobility, day and night combat operations. It has passive image intensifiers and thermal imaging equipment for night driving, navigation, and weapon deployment, which permits around-the-clock combat operations. The Rui Cat 105 is equipped with a GT7 105mm anti-tank gun, The gun fires the full range of NATO full-pressure 105mm ammunition, including Generation 3 rounds. The gun, which is fitted with a 51 caliber thermal sleeve encased barrel, fires 6 rounds a minute. There are two 7.62mm machine guns, one coaxial to the main armament, and one at the commander's position for general purpose ground and air defense. The vehicle is equipped with two banks of 81 millimeter smoke grenade launchers mounted in a forward firing position on each side of the turret, and the system is electronically operated. The smoke grenades form a dense protective smoke screen, which can be sustained using an exhaust smoke generator. The digital fire control system takes data from a suite of sensors and provides an automatic fire control solution. Automatic data input includes target range from a laser rangefinder, target speed and direction derived from the tracking target, crosswind speed, weapon tilt, and the characteristics of the weapon. Manual data input includes ammunition type and environmental data. The fire control system allows the RuiCat to engage enemy targets while on the move across rough terrain. The time between laser ranging the target and firing is approximately 2 seconds, and there are three variations of fire directing systems that are offered. The most complex system incorporates a primary stabilized gunner sight, automatic computation and implementation of ballistic offset of the weapon, electromechanical gun control, stabilized main weapon, gunner sight with day and night channel, slave to the main weapon, and an independent panoramic commander site.
0: You know, I'm sitting here listening to all this advanced stuff. And I'm like, why do, Why didn't the United States buy this thing? You know, oh, we've got yeah. the Striker. We've got that Striker that's a wheeled vehicle. And we did an episode on that. And one of the problems on that thing was it, it would roll over. I mean, they've got it fixed now. But this thing goes 75 miles an hour. It has a 105 that can shoot on the move. I like this thing. I I agree. Sounds like a pretty neat little little deal. I also know there's a couple of uh, variants like the Rukat ZA 35, which is an anti aircraft platform. Then they have the uh, Rukat uh, surface air missile. That that's got to be pretty cool.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, that would be pretty pretty neat to.
0: Uh, the had RU, anti-tank turret with anti-tank missile platform, you know, so good stuff. I, I'm pretty impressed with this thing. What about you, Russ?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's got some technology. I mean, for, you know, for for what it does, I mean, yeah, it, it's got some pretty neat technology implemented into it.
0: You, you know, when you think of South Africa, you know, uh, the, like we did the episode on Oliphant, that's a great tank. This is a great thing. I'm pretty happy with this wheeled vehicle. But I guess that brings us to our second point. And uh, we're going we're gonna to get some emails on this one. <laughs> uh, I found this, uh, first of all, on eBay. And I was like, oh, this is fake. So I sent it to Craig Moore, uh, Francis Pullman, uh Rita Gamer. I even sent it to her. Ed Webster. Uh, we, we. I sent it out to you know our, you know guys that know and girls that know, and yeah. they're like, yeah, it, it, this was really used. So the second point is about the World War II Volkswagen. Had, oh, hi. How are you, Kitty? Coupe wagon type 823. Uh, Russ, can you take over? <laughs> I, I got to handle my sassy pants here.
1: This World War II dummy tank is part Porsche and part Volkswagen and all weird history. It's widely known that rubber tanks and inflatable artillery helped win World War II, which didn't we talk about that in one of our early, early episodes?
0: Yeah, we, uh, talked about, uh, how they built a ghost uh, battalion. Yeah, the, go- the Ghost Army, yeah. Yeah, the Ghost Army around yeah. Patton, because, you know, Patton had slapped that soldier, and he was in a little bit of trouble, but Hitler and all his generals were like, you know, wherever Patton's at is where they're going to have the, you know, invasion. So they put Patton down there and started all that fake radio traffic and, and blew up these rubber uh, tanks. Sure enough, they thought it was, and then they hit in France, and they're like, hey, hey, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm sorry, Russ, go ahead.
1: Yeah, but anyway, getting back to this, it's widely known that rubber tanks and inflatable artillery helped win World War II, but it's not as widely known that they also helped lose it, too. Uh, Designed by Ferdinand Porsche, during World War II, the Volkswagen Kubelwagen Type 823 was a variant of a VW Beetle masquerading as a tank. With a Beetle chassis wrapped in panzer-shaped skirting, the Kubelwagen 823 became Germany's equivalent of the Jeep and was used to accomplish a wide variety of tasks on the battlefield.
0: I'm sorry, i want to cut in. When, people are going to go, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to look this up. You'll have to look up Volkswagen Kubelwagen type 823 dummy tank. And when we talk about it it was designed like a panzer gun, remember this came out in 1939 and it looks like a panzer one C, uh, which is, you know, a very small tank with just a machine gun on it, but they developed this and they'd have the driver drive it around. They'd have the, you know, gunner out of the top of the turret. They actually put a turret on this thing (laughs) and, and, you know, people in there talking about, uh, you know, how to turn, uh, you know, formations, battle tactics, and stuff like that. But when they didn't have these Panzer 1C actual tanks to uh, drive around and practice on, they used these <laughs> little beetles that they strapped on some, you know, dummy tank stuff and made it look like a Panzer.
1: Holy cow. Since the 823s look like actual tanks from afar. Germany would sometimes use them to draw fire away from their actual tanks and also would incorporate them into tank training exercises. Despite having fake tracks and fake turrets, the hardtop dummy tanks were capable of being real assets during combat due to their lightweight frames and multifunctional capabilities.
0: So they'd put the real machine guns on there and, you know, they could use that. But, you know, the same thing, like when they were doing the pushes, you know, and and into France and the invasion, and they were worried about, you know, their tanks, their real tanks getting spotted, they'd line up these little uh, VWs or these 823s and drive them around to uh, throw off the spy planes or, you know, that were taking pictures. And they're like, oh, wow, there's 50 tanks over here. Well, as soon as the airplane would leave, they'd just drive away.
1: <laughs> so they think
0: they'd have an entire, you know, Panzer division. And all they had was a bunch of Volkswagens. Wow. Oh, good. Good stuff, huh?
1: Yeah, that is. That's pretty neat.
0: Yeah. We're going to, we're, we're going to get some emails on that. <laughs> I think this, I think this new guy, Bruce Newsome will go, oh, wait a minute. I, I've decided I don't want to, I don't want this guy Yeah. <laughs> You know, oh, somewhere in the world, you know, I've got, uh, South Africans listening to the show, palming <laughs> their head saying they bloody, they bloody can't say it grew cat. <laughs> I'm like, no, we messed that up. And then we got Germans saying, you can't even say Volkswagen right?
1: <laughs> uh, might have to start paying for interviews if we're not careful.
0: <laughs> no doubt. Say, Hey, listen, we'll, we'll give you a hundred bucks. If you'll talk to us. <laughs> boy that's that's the epitome of sadness isn't it
1: oh wow yeah
0: we gotta do some closing Uh, let's do the Patreon shout out
1: yeah like to shout out to our patrons through Patreon still got several that's helping us out with our show Uh, thank you to Alejandro Martinez uh, Kevin Chin ODS Thero and Rick Schmidt want to thank you guys for hanging in there with us
0: and and help us sell, because we know right now. I mean, some people are out there living on you know stimulus money or, or yeah, exactly, because yeah. they've been furloughed yeah. during quarantine. So we we really do appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, if we don't have your address or your mailing address in your Patreon, you want to send us your address because we'll send you out one of those coins, which is very yeah. cool.
1: Oh, they are. Yeah. Yeah, there's several different styles of them. Um, they've got different tanks on them. Most of them are going to be Soviet-era tanks, um, like the IS-3. I mean, they're they're pretty neat little coins. I was kind of impressed when I found them. Neat little and, collector's uh, item. we do have
0: that. Yeah, the coins are going to be a really good deal. And we do have that uh, magazine that my uh, daughter got me from England at a little uh, thrift store that they have over there. And it's about the uh, Mark uh, 1 tanks from World War One, And we're going to do yeah. a contest on Facebook. I think basically it, I'm going to post a really unknown tank. And the first one that gets it right, we're, we're, we'll yeah. basically just send you the magazine. Oh, but we'll uh, cool. announce on Facebook what day and what time that we're going to be doing it. You know, we're central time, so it's going to be central U.S. time here. But we'll put it out there. That way everybody will have a chance to get it. And whoever answers first, uh, just private messages with uh, your address in, we'll mail you this. And it's really cool. Me and Russ both read it. It's very, very cool. Should we sign it for him? Hey, we might as well. Might even get Lightning to put a paw print on there for you. Yeah, we'll get Lightning to put a paw print because my cat, that's all we could put on there. We couldn't even put a name on there. <laughs> oh, uh, I promise the next the next cat I'm going to name Thunder or something, <laughs> or, or mittens or something. <laughs> something where we won't get in trouble. Oh, shoot. I appreciate everybody that tuned in for the show. Uh, we are sorry that the shows are a little bit shorter. Uh, that's because we've been separated. But once we get back in studio. We'll have longer episodes because we've had a couple of people message and say, "Hey, you want from an hour down to like 20 minutes?" Like, well, you know, being on the internet that long, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. With no mistakes. Yeah. So, I guess this is Charlie.
1: And this is Russell. Happy tanking. And have a great week.
0: Conflict or confrontation, but we will never run from it. History is filled with discarded regimes that have foolishly tested America's resolve. Anyone who doubts the strength and determination of the United States should look to our past, and you will doubt it no longer.